0: All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to episode 112 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this
1: episode, we're going to talk about some ways how running can benefit your life. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational, and let the Marathon Running Podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond. Hey, runners, and welcome to episode 112. Hello, Ryan. How's it going, co-host?
2: Hello, Letty. Not bad. So it's a Thursday night. We usually do this on Friday night.
1: I guess tomorrow is July 1st, and a very busy month of July lays upon us.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So the big things are, I'm going camping with our little, our son, and you're going to Germany with our daughter
1: Yeah, and then we also are hopefully going to New York next week to see my brothers, which is why we're sitting here on a Thursday night pre-recording a few podcasts. So it's a good busy, right? Because we get to travel.
2: Fun things to do.
1: Yes. So anyway, we're Ryan and Letty, and we have a weekly running podcast. If you are a listener, a repeat listener, welcome back. Thank you for listening. We would really appreciate a review. And if you're new, welcome. We hope to bring you the experts on training, nutrition, inspirational stories, etc.
2: I feel like you're like one of those YouTubers, but smash the like button and subscribe.
1: Well, there is a subscribe plus button you can hit. Uh, okay. Obviously, you haven't hit it. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: back to topic. W- ways in which running can benefit your life. So, who do you talk to today?
1: So, I talked to CR Carter, and we talked about some of the benefits of running. We talked about cardiovascular disease. We talked about how our environment can trigger running.
2: <laughs> <laughs> if you're in a bad neighborhood and someone scares <laughs> behind you, that environment will trigger some running. <laughs>
1: I can't believe I just said that. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, we talked a lot about how we can take things that running taught us and apply them to regular life. Uh, So I want to talk to you about how you think in your life, things that running teaches you when you can apply to regular life.
2: Yeah, I think running can be analogous to a lot of things in life like that. I think um, like with a lot of um, stuff in life, hard work usually pays off and it's not always pleasant when you're doing it. But at the end, the reward is sometimes worth it. I, th- I think that it, it definitely, it definitely relates.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: So what else? What is, what are the, some of the things that you think about on how running is relatable to life?
1: I think following a marathon training plan, for example, is a good analogy as well, because you stick with a plan and you create good habits, and I feel like that is the same thing as with your work environment. Even raising children, right? You, ha- it's, it's, it's not an easy task, but if you know what you should be doing and you just do it over and over and over, I mean, they say it takes 21 days to create a good habit. might be a little bit longer for some of the things we do, but...
2: No, I think that's a great one. I think um, that applies in a lot of things. I think uh, if you have a plan, even if you don't use someone else's running plan, but you make your own plan... It helps give you something to follow. And a lot of times in life, as with running, you might try to deviate from what your plan is. And by having something there to look at will help you get back on track. Because a lot of times the decisions you make at certain points of the day are not as good maybe as the decisions you make when you sit down and think of it holistically and put it all together. And that can be said with, you know, people say it all the time, like one year plan, five year plan, 10 year plan, just with life. Investing It's really relevant to that, like you should have an investment plan and then think it up and spend time forming it and then stick to it. Because if the stock market crashes or something like that, you might think, oh, everyone run. But you really should just stick to your plan because in the long term, it usually works out better. Yeah. So how else could running be related to life? As with life, running, when you do put in hard work, a lot of times you can see gains. You can see, I mean, technically their times go down, right? Instead of up, but <laughs> you can see improvement. And as in life, usually if you put in hard work or if you, you put the time in and you form your outline, your goals, you can progress towards those goals and you see that progress and that improvement. And that's helpful and encouragement. It's encouraging and helpful. Yeah.
1: Yeah, basically just learning about discipline. I think that's a big one. And I think that's what you kind of just said, that if you're disciplined and you stick with something, highly likely you are going to improve. You're not going to get worse unless, you know, there's other circumstances obviously factoring into life, such as aging and injuries. But in general, if you're just talking about within the next three months, you're probably going to be better runner in three months from now unless something happens.
2: Yeah, and like with anything, with running or other things, there's always some things you alluded to, potentially injuries or other stuff, that might be setbacks. Um, but if you persevere and continue on, then a lot of times you can overcome them and move on. I think a lot of the things and people you've talked to kind of reiterate that point. I mean, you've even seen people or talked to people, sorry, that had, you know, really difficult life circumstances and they've overcome that not in the sense maybe of being healed but they've overcome the the depression or the the downsides of that and just been happy with their life and and enjoyed what they have and being thankful for what they have and I think that's really cool
1: Yeah, I mean, running does that a lot. I feel like it's something that we can cling on to, even if you don't have any bad circumstances in your life. Just having that marathon that you signed up for in six months or a year is something to look forward to and something that keeps you going, something that keeps you motivated and not completely hanging up the towel and not doing anything. So are you ready to listen to our guest?
2: Let's do it.
1: All right. Without any further ado, we're now going to play our conversation with Sierra Carter. So why don't we start with having you tell our listeners who you are, where you're from, and how you became an expert in what you're going to talk to us about today, mental health.
0: Yeah. So hello, everybody. I'm Sierra Carter. I believe that when it comes to mental health, you can really use your fitness activity, specifically running, which I mean, we're going to touch a lot today. We love running um, to really improve your mental health, to improve your productivity, to increase your energy and just to be an overall like happier human being without trying to use all these negative outlets. And how I got into the space, it was kind of a roundabout way. I always wanted to be a clinical psychologist. That was like my dream as a little girl. I just I love helping people. I love loving people. I love listening to people. I'm very empathetic, um, sympathetic, anything you want to say. Like, I always want to be there. O- always the one that I wanted to, you know, be there to help my friends. And when I got to college, there was just something about it. I did not like. And, you know, within the first two weeks, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to change my major. And I wanted to go into exercise science because I always found exercise way more beneficial. Now, of course I suffered from an eating disorder. The eating disorder took a really, really large toll on what, like kind of changing my mind in this. And especially when I ended up in the hospital and again, I still wanted to be in the mental health field. But when I would tell people I want to do mental health and exercise, my professors would laugh at me and they would be like, that's not a thing. And I was like, it's, it, it needs to be a thing. Like exercise literally helps your mental health. And being in that field, I was like, this is, this is my area. So I went from psychology to business. Of course I got a business background from my master's. Then I went back again and I, uh, uh, going for, or I went for, um, behavior analysis. Now behavior analysis is a different subset of psychology than clinical psych. It's not really like analyzing, you know, um, more of the deeper emotions it's focusing on what are things in your environment that you're reacting to. There's it's, we call them the ABCs, the antecedent the behavior, the consequence, you know, and understanding those and how our environment works and how we react to our environment, I think is extremely powerful because it changes our mental state. And so that's how I kind of got into this space. And I work a lot with the runners. I work a lot with people with eating disorders, either either under eating or overeating. And it's just a very fun space. I love to be in. I love to inspire and I love to tell people it's okay not to be okay, but, you know, you got to do something about it. And I always say, you know, do some kind of movement, exercise, walking, whatever it is. I love this. Thank you for
1: sharing how you got into that and being vulnerable with us. Um, It's always good to learn from somebody who's been through a process like that themselves. So, okay, so let's move into running and let's talk about how running can improve your mental health. Are there any studies that show the mental benefits of consistent exercise?
0: Yeah, so this is my favorite topic to touch because you hear all the time, and we hear it. Nobody's really read the studies, but we've heard it, right? That oh, extra uh, running, cardio, cardio exercises specifically can have the same impact on your mental health as some of these drugs for anxiety and depression can. But then it never goes further than that, right? Nobody ever furthers the discussion. But like I always like to because a lot of these studies, when you read them, they say literally thirty minutes a day. If it's consistent, now I want you to think in perspective. If you're taking anxiety and um, depression medication, you're most likely taking it consistently. Well, if you're going to use running and cardio the same way, you're going to have to do it consistently. So consistently is key in this situation because a lot of people think they can go out run a mile, come back and be happy for the rest of their lives. That would be awesome. That would make a lot less or a lot more of us less insane, but that's not how it works. So you have to be consistent. And there are studies in adolescents and adults that 30 minutes a day, just 30 minutes, especially when you're outside connecting to your environment, connecting to nature, it can have the same impact, the same effects of reducing that anxiety and kind of bringing you back to that nice homeostasis and even depression. It can really help people get out of this depressed state that they're in. Now, of course, I want to I always make this disclaimer. There are some situations that this may not work for. And of course, these studies always account for those situations that there are some situations where you do need the medication and that's okay. but you can still be active. Right but you still need the medication. And I'm not against the medication, but I am against it. If you can find an alternative way, because I think being healthy, being moving is such a great habit to have long into life. It's going to save you a lot of money too, on your health. Um, That's going to really give you the same benefits as just taking a pill. But of course we are a society where quick fix society that likes to take these pills to fix every situation. We see that in everyday life, you know, even for weight loss, we're like, what pill can I take? That's going to help me lose weight. And I mean, I have people that drink, um, those Celsius and I love Celsius. Don't get me wrong, but it says on there, it's like a, a weight loss product. And I was like that. No, it's just caffeine. It's like really like increasing your heart rate. Your body's overworking. It might be using a little bit more calories, but you're also increasing your food intake. Because of the, you know, it's, it's a balance of understanding in our body. So when I talk to people about running and increasing your mental health, like it's going to give you this new sense of freedom. It's going to get your blood pumping. It's going to get those endorphins going, which is, which is a lot of what we, what we want when we're in, in an anxious state, in a depressed state. We want endorphins. We want all these hormones to be enacted, to bring our body to just bring our body back to homeostasis. Because Our body loves homeostasis. And sometimes those hormones just have to be released to fight one another and get us back there.
1: Okay. I really like that. And I like that you said that obviously there's always going to be some people that are going to need oh. the pills because they have some kind of imbalance and Absolutely. the body needs it. But of course I feel like Um, A lot of times it gets overprescribed because of this quick fix society that you were talking about. I mean, exercise can't be wrong if you add it to whatever situation you're in.
0: No, it it can't be. And that's, I think that's something that we also overlook. We're a very black and white society where it's like, well, if it's not going to fix my problem, I'm not going to do it. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, it, it, if you exercise anything, I'm not even telling you to go out and run. You can go gardening. Gardening's a pretty hard task. If you've ever gardened before, it's strenuous, especially if you're out in Florida and it's hot. Um, but it, it's, it's these things that just help you move. It's going to decrease your risk of cardiovascular disease. we've seen a huge increase in cardiovascular disease in the past, just two years. I'm not even going to talk about last 10 because that's even worse, but the past two years, we see a huge risk of cardiovascular disease increasing. That's the number one killer here in America. And a lot of that is caused by inactivity. Cause if you think about it, our whole day is inactive. I'm sitting here. You're sitting there. We're not really moving right now. This is probably going to be the majority of the rest of our day because we, a lot of us have desk jobs. Now, that's not, I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but there are things that you just have to do to increase your movement. You know, get up, walk, get a, get a glass of water, walk to the farthest uh, water fountain in your um, building, whatever it is, increase that movement. And it's going to help your heart. It's going to help your body. It's going to help your mind.
1: So those are some great tips. And I want to ask you, what did you learn through your environment that gets you to run?
0: Yeah. So again, like back to my behavior analysis background, they, so when you, if you can set things up in your environment, and I'm a true believer of this, You can get your body to react, get your mind to react in a certain way, get you into this routine habit that gets you going so you don't even have to think about it. My favorite thing to say is run in the morning before your brain wakes up and realizes what you're doing. That's how a lot of us are super successful at this. We're half asleep during our runs, but our body's still going, right? I mean, you wake up during your run and realize what you're doing, but then you're already at that runner's high. But I, what I've found most... um impactful when it came to establishing that routine and really get me into be a runner, a true runner was it's everybody says it lay out your stuff at the the night before, or if you're going to go to work, make sure you pack your running stuff. Don't go home for it because you're not going to make it home and back out to running. It's just not going to work. You have to establish such a routine and it has to be just, I guess, routine in your mind that you do it without thinking about it. So that's why, you know, right now, every night, I know like right before I ha- go to bed, I just lay out my shoes, I lay out my shorts, my sports bra, and I just put it there next to my garment so I can literally just get into it when I roll out of the bed, just put the clothes on, and then I just walk out the door. Like it's it's like clockwork now. Now I have friends that it's like clockwork. Right after work, they drive straight to the gym. And it, it's, it's like... I want to give an example. If you've ever gotten in your car and you've driven somewhere and you ended up like at the grocery store and you're like, what? Why am I at the grocery store? You're so ingrained in that habit of getting in your car and going to the grocery store. It's almost like when Google um, on your phone says, oh, the commute to your to the gym is six minutes from here. And you're like, how did you know where I'm going? Your phone picks up on your habits faster than you do. So, you know, that type of deal you want to establish in your own mind. You want your mind to be like, all right, six minutes until you go to the gym. And you're like, how would you know I was going to the gym? It's like I've already got this planned out. So that's why I always like find these like small things in my environment. Even the water bottle. Like if I just fill up my water bottle the night before and I have it, and I'm just like, all right, well I have this whole water bottle. I have to go to the gym because obviously it's like weird to carry around a water bottle if you're not at the gym. If you're not really a gym person. So it's just these small things that I try to get like my clients to think about. Um, especially even if it's lunch, I'm like, all right, it's lunch time. Like maybe even set up a calendar, um, dinging, I guess, notification that says, hey, six minutes and go for a run or go for a quick walk and be back. And that just kind of triggers. It's a stimuli that triggers. It's that antecedent that triggers the behavior that gets you to the consequence of running. I can see how that
1: works. I mean, I've done the running in the morning before your brain figures out. What's going on? And so I can see how that could work. Um, I'm lucky that my phone has never told me where I'm going, though. Um, maybe I'm just not going anywhere consistent enough. But I can see how you can leave yourself little cues and then set yourself up for success with that. And so I really like that. Um, and so, with that, how can we also apply lessons that we learn from running? to our careers, for instance, you know, we are successful at following a training plan for a marathon. We follow everything to the T and then we have success. How can we do that and take what we learned from running and do that in our normal lives?
0: So one of my favorite ways to explain this is the term shaping. In psychology, shaping is like little, small, continuous successes that get you to this, you know, the big plan or get you to that big goal of where you want to be. And when you read psychology books, they actually use marathon training as a key indicator of this, but you can use this in your business. You can use this in the corporate world. You can use this just about anywhere. And it's the term shaping. So I'll give you an example as a runner in shaping, you have the goal of running 26.2 miles. Now, are you going to go out tomorrow and run 26.2 miles? Well, some of us are trained. Yes, we can. Some of us are not. So we're going to use the shaping to get up there. So what we're going to do is what I do is I block it down by every single week I have to run X amount of miles. So that's my first step down from the goal. So I always start at the goal and work my way backwards. This is the small thing that I have to complete every single week. I have to reach a certain amount of miles. Now, from there, I have to break down the mileage and I have to break it down day by day to add up to that certain amount of mileage. Excuse me. And that's going to be that next step down. The same thing goes for something like a business goal. So I'm going to use an industry that I live by. Um, I live by SpaceX. I live by Blue Origin and I live by NASA. So think about it this way. In the corporate world, they have SpaceX, Elon's cool. He wants to send this rocket to Mars, all right? So he's not going to just build this rocket and send it straight to Mars. So when you think of running... You know, as a runner, that you made these small steps every single day to add up to this big goal. How did you train? And how did you figure out that plan? Well, you work back from the goal. Same thing goes in your career. You can take a huge goal, like sending a rocket to Mars, and you can think, all right, here's a rocket. Now, how do you work back and organize yourself? Organize every single goal you have. Make these mini goals. Make these small, bigger goals. Make every single milestone that you can up to that big goal. And I know some people may think this way that aren't runners, but there's something about running when you're able to run, when you're able to be consistent and dedicated at running and making a plan, you can pretty much take what you learned through running and add it to anywhere in your career. Now, another thing I like to say that running teaches you is dedication, consistency, and it also teaches you to overcome obstacles. So when you're running, you realize when you first start running you can't really withstand a lot maybe when you first kind of get out of breath you slow down and stop but as you run and you run and you run you realize that you can push past this boundary and then you push past the next boundary and what was hard then is now your warm up and you're like how was i never able to complete this cuz this is like what i do for you know just to warm up for whatever race i'm doing and you start to realize you you realize internally little cues in yourself and notice them and how to push past things. And I've noticed this in my own life thinking, if I have this huge goal and I get scared of it, which I've been scared of running or I didn't feel like running one day, I just have to break it down bit by bit. And I've also realized there's things that, well, I just have to recognize within my own self, my own being that I can do this. I just have to find a way to push past it no matter how painful it is. And then I can stop. And a lot of this has been through the cues I've learned about myself through running. So it's all about just being aware of how you feel running and aware of how you feel when it comes to your job, your career, and pushing past these boundaries. Now, it's also kind of interesting because I've heard a lot of people say, I had one guy say, he, he runs a very successful business. He says, if I hear somebody say they run in an interview, he's like, they're immediately on top of my, you know, like interviewee list because he's like, I know you runners are dedicated and I know you problem solve because runners, guys, we literally run through every single thing in our head. And he's like, you guys know how to problem solve. He's like, you're consistent and you're dedicated. And there's something to say when you're a runner and you have those tools in your tool belt, you do take them to every single thing you do in life
1: wonderfully said. And I agree with you hundred percent again on that subject as well. Um, I went through law school, as you know, and it was kind of like a marathon the way I looked at the Ah. bar exam in California. It's super hard. It's uh, you basically take three months off if you can. And all you do is study all day long. And when you have that mindset of a marathon and you know that this is the training and this is what you need to get through, or even the bar itself, it was a three-day test And um, I don't even know if it was eight hours a day or six hours a day, something like that. And then you just go through it. And on the last day you look around, everybody is super fatigued and you think, okay, this is the last 10 K and my bar exam will have a better score because if I can stay strong now, when everybody is down, then your score will automatically raise. And just to think about it in those terms is exactly what you said. You know, it's something that takes, that we take from running and implement in our lives. And uh, hopefully it, you know, works out successfully for us.
0: Yeah. I think it like, just hearing you say that, I love that. The best way to explain it is running is hard and you take something that's hard and you can apply it to, you can, you have, when you, you're in other difficult situations, like taking the bar exam, you can compare it to how you may feel in that last, like two miles of a marathon, you know, like sometimes those are the longest miles And it's just there. I can't stop now. And so it's like, it gives you something to compare really hard things to. And there's not a lot of things that are solidly organized and laid out that give you these mental milestones to compare things to. And I think that's really a huge, powerful thing about running. It really is. But now I'm wondering, what's your opinion? Why do we
1: do this to ourselves? Why do we, (laughs) or some of us, do something that we know is really hard i mean a lot of people i'm not a crier but a lot of people run through the marathons and they cry and then we just do it again. Why do you think we do this to ourselves?
0: So uh, I'm definitely guilty. I've run Chicago. I think it was like 9 miles, I cried through Chicago cuz I was like in so much pain and sick. But like I kept going. And you kind of wonder, you you do wonder what is wrong with us. And I don't think honestly anything. I think there when you're a runner, you have you get into this mindset that you can accomplish anything. And you know, honestly, what I love about the pandemic, which sounds awful, what I love about the pandemic is it actually woke up a lot of people and they became runners. And I'm not, you know, we're not all out there at like our 5 minute paces and you're watching us, you know, get world records. No, a lot of us became runners because we realized life is hard, right? Like the coronavirus, this this whole pandemic thing has been hard. And it, there's something to say that okay, this is hard and so is running. And running just teaches you to push through the pain. And I know it sounds awful, but you feel so good on the other side Like you feel so accomplished. It's not just physically. I mean, physically kind of don't feel great. You're sore, but like you just feel so good mentally. You're so proud of yourself. You're so you just feel so accomplished. And I think, honestly, that's what keeps us coming back because no matter who you are, we all chase that feeling of feeling accomplished. We want to feel like we succeeded. We want to feel like we have a purpose. Running gives us that feeling every single time you finish a run. Even if if it's a bad run, you're like, "Oh, thank God I made it through that run. That was horrible." And like that immediate like just positive impact at the very end is such a good reinforcement to just keep running even though it hurts every single time, it just sounds odd. You're just ready for the pain. And I also think runners have like some of the highest pain tolerances a lot of us, a lot of us have ever seen, I've heard multiple women who run and who have uh, given birth. They're like, Oh yeah, it was like actually kind of easy. And you just don't hear that from a lot of other people because somehow when we're runners, we just know you just got to push through the pain just a little bit more. It's (laughs) fine. And I'm like, I don't have kids. I don't, I can't speak for anybody yet, but I mean, like to me, I've never heard anybody else say that, but runners.
1: So true. So true. So it's our search for instant gratification. Can you tell us, now that we do know the uh, mental benefits of running, how do we teach our younger generations that uh, exercise is indeed beneficial and to run?
0: So I think the best way to think this is, and gosh, if somebody had told me this as a high schooler, I would have been like, whoa, you're right. So in high school, they make us run that stupid mile in PE and half of us skip it. Like I was one. So I never saw that. I always told people I never saw the benefit of PE. I never saw the benefit of any of this because I'm like, well, what's this going to do for me in life? I like to shape it this way for it, all the high schoolers when you're sitting there in your afternoon classes and your eyes are half shutting and your teacher is calling on you and you can't answer the question because you're half asleep and you can't even remember what class you're in or the subject because you you have this like mental brain fog I got to give it a name when you just cannot stay awake you're just kind of like drowsy I call that mental brain fog even if you can't like pay attention and you're reading something that you don't know what you read that's mental brain fog if you exercise in the morning I promise you almost guarantee you maybe not 100 percent, maybe because it depends on how much you slept, too, and like what you eat for lunch. But when you run in the morning, when you're exercising or even if you're active after school and at night and you're not in sports, but you're active, you're walking, maybe you're jogging in the morning, maybe you have a workout routine, whatever it is, maybe it's yoga, maybe it's meditation. That mental brain fog actually starts to recede. Same thing goes with People in the morning, if you have this like mental brain fog all morning and you just can get like a little bit active, like 10 pushups, anything, your brain starts actually getting blood flow and it really reduces that mental brain fog and it's going to help you just become a better student with less effort. I love telling people that like you think smarter, not harder. You having this mental brain fog actually makes it harder for you to study. Then you're stressed out. Then your parents are stressed out with you and then you're grounded and then you can't go to the football game. Like try to pull it back into your own control and think, well, if I just do this one thing for myself, then. I'll just pick it up and hopefully retain it more during class. It'll make better sense when I study. I won't have to study so hard and hurt my brain because I don't understand or remember this in class. My parents won't be so mad at me because maybe my grades will be better. I'll be more productive and it'll just be, I'll just feel better. Now, of course, it's not that easy because of course diet um, and your sleep routine goes into it and things like that. But just starting with one thing, I promise you, you'll start to be more aware of what you eat, more aware of how much you sleep. And it's just this like awesome cycle that helps students think smarter and not harder.
1: Love it. Love it. And this are, these are the lessons that we can pass on to the younger generations Absolutely. and our children. And hopefully just one tip can get people moving because I know how hard it is for, uh, yeah. any parent with teenagers. No, my kids are so young. I tell them, let's go run. there excited because I'm still cool, but I know that's going to eventually <laughs> change once, she, once they get a little bit older. So that probably will help us. So thank you so much.
0: And this information can't really come from parents. It's sad. It's a sad truth. If my mom said that I would have just blown it off and been like, whatever, mom, you know, nothing, you know, like just like every teenage girl. Now, I actually listen to her now because I find out she's right. But, you know, when you hear somebody else saying it, and this is why I wish teachers would say it more, maybe not even teachers, just maybe the cool teachers in the schools, like if you can (laughs) pinpoint those out and like get them to like send this message out, maybe other teachers can help out with that too. You know, it has to come from somebody that's not close to the student for God knows whatever reason, but that's just how life works. Well, thank you, Sarah, so much for
1: coming on and speaking with us. And hopefully we can have you back on again sometime about some other mental aspects of running, because this is something that all of us runners always have questions about, and we can all benefit from that so much.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, Sarah,
1: for talking to me. And with that, anything else, Ryan?
2: Have a good week of running.
1: Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us. And as always, have a great week of running.